Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast. The show about the show, the show within the show. As always, this is the podcast about the radio show. You can listen to it on its own podcast feed. Just simply search Permission Granted. Or, of course, this is on the DA Show podcast feed as well. It also exists inside the free Odyssey app. So stream us during the day and then listen to us after that on the in the podcast platform, podcast bank of the free Odyssey app. Well, I'm now back from Buffalo, back from Buffalo, and I want to begin this by saying I am sorry. Okay. I'm sorry because I used last week's PGP to grouse and gripe about all the things that had gone wrong leading up to the trip. And I don't think I came off as grateful for the opportunity to do it anyway. And I kind of was caught in the moment of the woe is me stuff. I tried to set up the Green Bay trip. It fell through. Budgetary stuff over here fell through. Bogus couldn't make this. Mraz couldn't make the trip. Then Josh Allen got injured, and the whole thing felt like it was crashing down upon me, that I should just take a no for an answer, turn around, tuck my tail between my legs, and go home. And you guys might have been saying, D.A., shut up. You're still going to a football game with friends. You're absolutely right. Because I came out of that weekend and realized, holy crap, how lucky am I? I got to see the game of the year, or one of them, the catch of the year, I did a wing tour, some of the best wings I've ever had, multiple stops. I got to drink Labatt's Blue Light all weekend long and joke around with friends and meet listeners. What could have been bad about that? Plus, our sister station in Buffalo, WGR 550, were great hosts. They were happy to have me, set me up at a great studio. They had me jump on their news talk station on a Friday afternoon, so we bumped around with them a little bit. One of the guys there invited me to a tailgate I ended up you know, going to. And, I mean, the whole thing was awesome. So, I sounded like a rube last week for belly aching about what could be an awesome time. Then I realized on my drive home on Monday, what the hell did I do? I owe an apology to everybody that listened to the PGP. I think that's fair. I mean, look, I think you knew it was still going to be a good time. I think you were just, we were kind of having fun and laughing at the moments that led up to it. But I don't think that there was any thought you were going to go up there and not have a blast, drink, eat, and have a good time. The Josh Allen news, though, was a bit of a crusher because it was like, and after all of this, we still, I'm going to not even get the the player in the game. I'm still going to get Case Keenum, which is like, oh. But then Friday night rolls around, and people are like, no, you know what? I think he's going to be active. And most people were thinking, even if he's healthy, don't play him. Don't play him. Save him. I, I thought the same thing. Yeah, I definitely did, too. Then Saturday night, after many wings during the day, a day that started off with the D'Alien meetup, many beers over the course of the day, where we were at our final sports bar of the night, I believe. We're walking by the TV, and on the bottom line, it says Josh Allen active. 
active tomorrow, dot, dot, sources. And we're like, whoa! Start high-fiving, cheering, because all the week leading up to it was, no, he's not going to play. Right. No, no, no. And then Saturday night, sources say, Allen active tomorrow. We're like, whoa, and that's a rush. Get that back up. We're back in the game, baby. We're back, baby. You know, and it's funny. In the end, you end up seeing this great game. But by Josh Allen being active and wanting to see the greatness of Josh Allen, it's actually a negative play, one that we highlighted on the show, a play that led to something that had not happened since Herman Edwards, the miracle of the Meadowlands, the fumble by Josh Allen is what I think many people will remember Josh Allen for that game for. So, I don't know. I just find it to be a twist of irony. You want Josh Allen to play, want Josh Allen to play because you want to see him play. And it was obviously he's throwing BBs all over the place all game long. But it's actually the mistake he makes that you'll always remember from being at that game from Josh Allen. And two picks in the end zone. Yeah. He had a mistake-laden game. It's just the simple, simply put, the craziest game I've ever been to. I've been racking my brain about, other crazy, insane games I've been to, and I've been to really good games, but I don't think anything that that, that was that seesaw. Am I smelling, by the way, the DA column on CBSSportsRadio.com this week, the top five craziest games I've ever been to? Well, that's a good one, actually. I should think about that. Yeah, maybe so. I'm in the stands for most of the entire game. I just went back into the the concourse for food once, because we never really got breakfast. I did Sunday morning football, then raced over to the game and did a little tailgating before we went in. So I had to get food inside the concourse. And then, you know, I was either on the beer line or that really went actually very quickly or the bathroom line was long. But I was in the seat for 95% of the game. Once the Bills make the stop on fourth down late fourth quarter, it's like, well, that's the game. The Bills just have to take a knee. Just make sure they don't take the safety, and the game is over. At that point, I'm like, I'm going to run to the bathroom now and then come back to the seat, and then we can leave after that. But if I wait until the game is over to go to the bathroom, I'm going to be toast. I'll be there forever. Right. And I run to the bathroom, and on my way walking to the bathroom, the fumble happens. No! On the huge, there's a huge TV screen in this this area this curry shot all over again but i was actually in the stadium this time like thinking that the game was over so i'm looking at this happen and people that saw this were like what just happened cuz everyone's just assuming that that's it run, the we're going to run over. this out yeah and there's a scramble on the ground and i'm like oh my God. And people are like, wait, what happened? What happened? Nobody saw it. What just happened? They fumbled it. Who has it? And I was like, I don't know. And I made a beeline back to the seat as they were undoing the pile because I would just take a few steps out. Oh. And then they're like, touchdown, Minnesota. And we're like, no, no. And then it was like, oh, my God, there's a new game. So I have to stop you there because I, I find this story actually incredible. I can't believe you're only telling it now because I, I can just picture that moment. What I want to know is in that moment, concourse, you're looking up at a screen and you're kind of seeing this unravel. I know when something has happened, if I've been distraught and left the stadium, nothing to this extent, that crowd either murmur or roar you hear as you're watching on a screen. What was that like? Was it silence because they couldn't believe it, or was there this like collective loud groan that drew you back in? It was a little bit of a yelp, a little bit of like, okay. ah. Right, ah. okay. But again, nobody knew what really happened because it was a scrum. Right. And you saw it, by the way, clear as day when you were watching on TV. What do you mean? Like, oh, the, I see. The in-game experience, that's where it is different on TV. There are things you see in the game that you can't see on TV. Yeah. But things, my point was, watching that live, that was the primary game I had on at that time. The other one o'clocks were winding down. You literally saw him fumble and Minnesota jump out right away, and it was that, what? Like, yeah. he did what? People were like, oh. And then everyone's just trying to sort it out. And then telling other people that didn't see it, that were in the concourse or whatever just happened. And people were like, no. Nah, huh, huh, huh. So that's how I make a beeline back to the back to the seats and I'm right back into the seats for when they call touchdown. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is now a new game. Now I think they'd missed the field goal on the previous yes. touchdown. Yes. So we knew the extra point there was only going to make it three, meaning that the bill still had a chance. Right. So I'm like, okay, 
remember, the Bills come back down the field on a heroic drive and kick the field goal. Maybe the day is saved, but now we're going to overtime. One, by the way, that also shouldn't have counted because of Gabe Davis. Right, the Gabe Davis. (laughs) Also, the Bills had 12 men on the field in the fourth down stop. Right. Stuff that we didn't really know in the stadium. Right. Then we get to overtime, and of course the Vikings win the coin toss, so it's like, oh, of course the Bills are going to lose. They go down the field, kick the field goal, and it's like, game is over. And then Josh Allen comes back down the field heroically, it's like, oh, my God, they might win this game. And then throw the interception, and it all goes deflated. And really, after all of that, people were just zombies. Nobody was cursing. Nobody was, like, throwing anything or fighting. It was just a dead eyes fish glaze of what? How? Is it over yet? Is this over? It was just extraordinary in its chaos. And that's why I think it's the craziest game I'll ever go to. It takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot out of you. As a, I know it sounds crazy because you're not playing, but when it's that emotional, a seesaw game, and there's things you can't even comprehend. Like, that's one of those ride ride home from the stadium games where you go, oh, yeah, and that? Totally. That's I am, I am jealous that it ends up becoming that game. And, I mean, the side tw- plot twist, I know we're just going to talk about Buffalo, is that the idea of that in this very room where me and DA talked about it, we talked about one of two weekends, the Browns weekend or the Vikings weekend, and what a decision it ends up being if one game might be played in three feet of snow and the other game's the greatest game of the year. And that's the other thing that all last week I was kicking myself going, we should have gone to the Browns game because then Mraz could have come right? and Catalan is calling in that game, Andrew Catalan, a close friend of mine, so he would have been in town and... At the time, I thought maybe Bogus might be able to come as well next week, but he wouldn't have been able to because he's still got more games to call this weekend. So he wouldn't have been able to make this Browns game. But I'm like, you know what? We blew it. We should have just waited the week and not put the wheels in motion for a week that maybe you couldn't have done, although we didn't know with the wheels in motion that you couldn't do it. I foobarred a lot of that, to be fair. I also was under the assumption my wife would have no problem doing it. She had a situation where she couldn't take off of work. So we, yeah. And so we had... The game plan said, and I was like, gosh, this was so dumb. We should have just waited until the Browns game. And then Josh Allen got injured. I'm like, oh, of course he's going to miss this game and then make next week's game. <laughs> and then in retrospect, A, we got the game of the year. I did. And then B, it's going to be a snowstorm this weekend. So honestly, if we had the plans to go up, we probably would just cancel the plans. And not There's no way to get up there. Right, and not snow where it's, hey, this is cool. We're going to go see a snow game in Buffalo. Snow where like, it could be gridlocked to even attempt to move in the city. Debilitating get- snow. I mean, yeah. I, we would have left Thursday after the show, supposedly, which would have been the day that the snow begins. Now, driving five and a half, six hours up to Buffalo in a snowstorm. Into the belly of the beast. Would have been totally stupid right had we gone a a day earlier to get ahead of the snow we would have still had to wait until monday to watch the game and then do the show and who knows what trying to get out of that city on monday would have been like and waking up thursday into friday if the snow started heavy how do we get to the station it's not like we have our home set up (laughs) where we could do it wherever we're staying it would have made it virtually impossible to do what we wanted to do so the universe works in mysterious ways and uh this this year it meant that it didn't want you up there for a Buffalo Bills game. It's okay. I was very jealous. That's when I looked ahead. I was very jealous because I've missed out now in a couple of years in a row, COVID, everything else, on going on a football road trip. I didn't get to go to Boise. I used to go to these giant road trips. And it was when you were posting the wing grades on Saturday, or I might have saw them Sunday morning, whatever it was, and I saw the sauce just look so juicy on them. And the way you went into it, was like a proud papa watching your detailed. <laughs> it had this. This was a little meaty. I'm telling you, and maybe this is my own fat problem, hmm. I was more jealous in that moment than I even was that you were at this crazy game. Because it's great. You know what? By the time NFL Sunday comes around, you make do, you're watching a million games. But watching that unfold on Saturday, knowing I wasn't part of it, made me miss those weekends so bad. They're perfect weekends. You see a, a, a random city. It's not like you're going to Aruba on the beach. You're hitting sports bars. You're drinking. You're eating. And then you're making a weekend of it, which made me go... What, what am I looking at in 2023 with the Giants road games? And that's when I saw they're in Buffalo next year. A, you have to do that. But B, I'd really like to do that as well because it's a five and a half hour drive or so, six hours, depending on if you stop, gas, traffic, whatever. But 
It is so unique. It's why I got to get to Lambeau. Yeah. Because the only thing I could compare it to, there's two other football experiences, NFL-wise, that I could compare it to. Kansas City, certainly. Now, Kansas City's tailgate is better because you come over the hill on whatever highway you come in on, and all you see is barbecue smoke and Chiefs flags, and it's a sea of them. And it's just a day-long party in the parking lot, and it's just elite. It's like people have been smoking meat for 12 hours, and that's like their day of really going big. And it's the smell. The smell, and if you love barbecue, it's just everything smells like barbecue there in that parking lot. And then Arrowhead itself is so loud and great, and it's just amazing. And then uh, Pittsburgh felt a little bit like that. Pittsburgh fans, it felt very similar. Now, I haven't been to Cleveland, but it felt very similar to when I went to Steelers games, I've got uh, some family out in Western PA. I've gone to both Three Rivers and Heinz Field, and it has a bit of a, like, blue-collar rock concert vibe. Okay. And that's that was some of what I got from Buffalo. But Buffalo's simply crazier because they were bad for so long and had to make the party up themselves. Right. And so that was what you could tell, that the the tailgating had to be great because the games often, the teams often weren't enough, where Steelers fans have been generally, you know, pretty, they've been given a lot of good teams and a lot of wins. Yeah, they don't have the the warts on them. And I think, from that standpoint, because I have done Cleveland, I think the difference why Buffalo would win in that regard, and I love the trip to Cleveland, the layout. You have those gravel parking lots in Buffalo that are right outside Highmark Stadium, and it's an, a nice, easy walk. The way Cleveland's new stadium, it's right on the river, so there's not really a direct, direct lot. The player's lot is, so the big Muni lot where the dog pound hangs out, and I had a sex toy thrown at me in a giant <laughs> jersey, it's like across a highway and down. You're almost walking like a mile to get mm. to the stadium. And then they shut down these other highways, and you could actually park on highways. They call it the Gulch. It's just, it's not a free-flowing, good parking situation. Mm. The tailgate's good, and there's some real raggedy people and some, you know, but just the idea of, like, swirling around the stadium, it's just a different setup. its it, I don't think it's set up the best way. I hope with the new stadium the Bills are getting in three years that they don't lose the soul of this. And I think it'll stay because the site's the same. It's yeah. just in the parking lot across the street. And you literally are parking in people's yards and walking through their yards and walking down the sidewalk to the building. And that's where you just see all of the buses and all of the tailgating and And I just felt like the best thing I could compare it to, a Bill's Sunday feels like a six-hour house party. That there's kegs, that there's small grills set up, that there's music blaring and people just like kind of hanging out and having a good time. And it just brings that house party feel into the stadium. Like a no-frills we're, you know, we're college kids doing this on the cheap, couple pizzas, but let's get hammered with 36 cheap beers and have a blast. Yes, and that was so unique because, as I've said, so many NFL stadiums feel so corporate now. Yes. So many stadiums feel exactly the same, and they're beautiful, like Atlanta's beautiful. Yeah, I did Atlanta and Dallas, and they're they're like microcosms of each other. I'm sure Minnesota is gorgeous, you know, all these stadiums, but there is a part of it that you lose the – the dirt under the fingernails because you're going and parking in big, vast lots and you're going inside a big new stadium and everything is touchless cash this and, you know, $13 beers and everything. And there's not a lot of grit anymore in a NFL experience. The grit. You're right. You're missing the grit. Oh, man. Now I'm getting real. You got it. You just got to go. And these are your people. These are just house party, pump the keg, have a few, you know, wings and um And they feel like nice people. Like you don't feel like you're in danger up in Buffalo. I never I never saw anybody right. get into a fight. I, I toured the stadium, but it was during the off season, so I didn't, you know. Yeah. Now it might happen to the upper decks. I mean, we weren't sitting all the way up. Right. We got good seats. But I and again, it was a dazed and confused experience. Had the Bills lost by twenty one to the Patriots, probably not a very healthy place <sighs> to be. Right. What I also liked about them is 
I said, who do you guys hate the most? This was when we were at the DA, DA Lee and meet and greet at Gabriel's Gate. And um, I said, is it the Jets? Is it the Patriots? Is it the Dolphins? Who is it? And they're like, <clears throat> we hate the Jets. Obviously, we hate the Jets. But the Patriots are a different type of hate. That they've <laughs> they've beaten us so bad for so long that there's a different type of hatred for the Patriots. And then I'm hmm. passing through the the tailgates, and then there's a big school bus that's painted in Zubaz, which is amazing. <laughs> and on the front of the windshield is Tom Brady's face with his mouth open, and they have the Bills logo, fashioned like a dildo, going into his mouth. Happy Sunday. <laughs> I mean, roughing the passer. I I realized when I watched that Instagram video how many places must do similar things with Tom Brady's face? Because <laughs> I will take you back to at a bar by me out for my sister's birthday the night before one of the two giant Super Bowls. I don't remember which one. I walked in, and on all the urinals, where your target would be was Tom Brady's face taped inside the urinal. <laughs> and that was the night before the Super Bowl. And I thought, this is crazy as well. But seeing the Bills fans do that, I realized – you know how many places probably have done something similar <laughs> with Tom Brady's poor face? How universally hated he must be by fan bases? It's true. It's really true. You know, I was also struck that Buffalo is such a unique place. Number one, it loves its bills. I mean, loves, loves, loves its bills. And it's such a great football town, and the people are great and warm, and the tailgate is amazing, and the stadium is amazing, and just Bills Mafia, the whole thing is great. But um, I'm listening to Sports Talk Radio, and, well, actually, I went in to do the show Friday morning into their studios, and I did my show, and I'm talking to guys, and I'm like, yeah, man, I can't wait for this Bills game. And they're like, yeah, and then Eichel scores the hat trick last night, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, so what do you think about Josh Allen? They're like, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't play him. And can you believe Eichel came back and hit the hat trick against us? And I'm like, guys, I'm so out on this. What happened? And Eichel plays for Vegas. Yes. And he played in Buffalo on that, Thursday night. Yeah, it was be, not Saturday night's game. because No, it was Thursday not night. Okay. And he had a hat trick, and they couldn't stop telling me about Jack Eichel. Like, this was also wearing on them. <laughs> and I'm like, a November <laughs> hockey game is killing this town? <laughs> I'm, and I'm flipping around, you know, the radio stations in the morning uh, after I was done with my show. Boom. Segments on the Sabres. Long segments, and aren't the Sabres terrible? Uh, as usual, yeah. I mean, they've been terrible for 15 years. And Jack Eichel was the one guy who was supposed to turn around, and he couldn't. And, he and, and how good is this sports town where they're, like, all in on a terrible Sabres team as well? That's It's almost jealous. Because we live in New York with all these two teams in each town, and we think that we have these really, and don't get me wrong, the fans are good, good rivalries, but... When you really strip it down and you boil it down and you get the two-town teams, the three-town teams, and everybody's feeling the same pain, you don't have a choice on what team you totally. can have. There is something different to be said for that where, like, I, I mean, there's got to be a different element of more passion there. has to be. It has to be because the two means so much more because it's only two. Right, they're having to pick from nine teams. Right, exactly. And I was thinking how many markets do you think I could flip around on sports talk on a Friday afternoon in November, and they would do a segment on hockey. I know you can in Pittsburgh. Okay. I was going to say Pittsburgh is one. Clearly, Buffalo is one. Whew. Other than that, I mean, maybe Denver with the Avalanche. I was going to say Detroit. Okay. That's another one. Sure. I don't think you can get away. Maybe you can, but an Av segment in November, I think it has to be all Broncos. Maybe you're right. I was just saying, you know, currently they're the cup champs, maybe. Yeah. But I guess you're right. Maybe Minnesota? Yeah, Minnesota, you definitely could. But you might be talking high school hockey more than a while. <laughs> yeah. I, even Boston, like, and I work there. I mean, a Patriots game is coming up on a Sunday, a big one. And no there's, way. I don't think you would do a Bruins segment. You might take a Bruins call. Right. I don't think you do a Bruins segment. And I know this. If the Bruins stink like the Sabres stink, you ain't talking about right. the Bruins. Right. That's the other part of it. Where could you get away with it with the team stinking? Couldn't believe it. Probably Buffalo and Minnesota. And that's about it. They're talking about Jack Eichel coming up. 
<laughs> it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's great. That's all they got. Snow, the Sabres, and the Bills. Mm, that's exactly right. They're going to get a lot of snow this weekend. Oof. A lot of snow. Now, in hindsight, you're thrilled, right, that you went up there and saw the great game and you're not dealing with the snow. I mean, yes. we, you started talking about the negativity of last week. But... Yes. No, I mean, we hit the lottery last <laughs> week. What would the negativity be like if the same circumstances were happening? Allen, Bogish, me, and three feet of snow. I, I would have been apoplectic. <laughs> I would have just been meltdown mode. Total meltdown mode. No, I mean, it just, I, I we came up Powerball last weekend to go when we did. The D-Aliens were so great. They showed up. Tim and Buffalo showed up. Kristen and Buffalo showed up. Kristen's husband showed up as well. Had a couple of other listeners show up. And uh, they were all great. We just kind of like, you know, shooted the, you know what, and uh, and had some beers and had some wings. And everybody was awesome. And the coolest thing is when you do one of these, you then introduce like-minded people to one another. And then they become friends. Hmm. So I had three friends that I was there with. Right. My friend Brett, who was hosting the the event, and two of my other buddies that came up. One was the dessert coordinator, Brad Heller. And so I met with the D-Aliens, and, like, then our table we finally got. So I had to go sit down with the guys and order some food and order some drinks. When I would come back, the D-Aliens that didn't know each other before they met me and then were suddenly, like, chatting, sitting down, having beers together, and they were friends. That's cool. They're like, oh, we only live like two miles away from one another. I know the place that you go to or I know that bar. And that was awesome because I do tend to think, and this is a little self-aggrandizing, but I do tend to think that the people that listen to the show are by and large really good people. We just seem to everywhere we go seem to run into really good people that like the show. So that when you get really good, usually funny people together and then they meet, they become friends you know, and cool. they have a common language. And so right. I, was, I was telling the story about the Schwartz checkmark <laughs> and everybody was cracking up laughing because they all know the story of Schwartz begging for a verified checkmark on Twitter, finally earning it over the years of begging and politicking for it. And three months later, he could have bought it for eight That's, bucks. It's It's so it's. It's it's funny, but it's just cool. It's cool that you can have these people not know each other and all know how Peter Schwartz is. Like that. Yeah. But that's just one of a million storylines from the show. It's it's incredible. It really is. They and inevitably the question that I get it, I got this out in Baltimore for the little Mo game in, in July, is is Moraz for real? Is Moraz for real? Well, I keep not showing up to any events, <laughs> so people are gonna think I am a myth. And I said, look. Mraz on the radio is a 10. He's going to lean into everything. I said, but in real life, he's still an 8. Whatever you hear on the radio. And I said, and all the, and they're like, well, he's got to know bears don't have tails. And he's got to know that ponds have salt water. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. One, one second. Everything he says he doesn't know on the radio, he really doesn't know. He ain't faking that. It's just he's more transparent on the radio than he would be in person. I don't think you're bringing up at a conversation. Hey, by the way, everybody, do you think bears have tails? That would just not come up in like regular conversation. No, 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 no. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong. When when I know I've I'm had and I'm clearly wrong, <laughs> I can make one of two split decisions. To, to split, you know, just keep my mouth shut for the rest You've of the been show. Had. Uh, or okay, we're here now. I might as well own it and let's have fun with it. And that's just the decision I choose to make because we're in an entertainment business. But no, I mean, I don't, again, I don't think I'm stupid. I think I know a lot about nothing, but <laughs> not a lot about something. I think it was Tim and Buffalo also said something like, you know what? It sounds crazy, but I relate, I related to Mraz because he didn't know something. I forget what the example was, but he's like, I didn't know that either. And I didn't think that that was that crazy not to know. So there's those people out there as I well. I think that there are a lot of those people. That's the other part of it. There's definitely a lot of those people. It's not like I'm just this walking dunce that is the only person <laughs> in America that doesn't know certain things. I do function as a human being. But I said, if Mraz is here, he wouldn't be like a nightmare. He'd be totally normal talking to you guys. But the stuff that he says he doesn't know on the radio, he really doesn't know. Well, what did they think I was going to you know, come in there and be drooling on myself? I, I think that there's, and I said this before, 
I was staying with Brett, who's my college roommate. He has uh, a 16-year-old son. He has a 13-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old daughter. And he said, when you told me Bogish wasn't coming, they were like, oh, okay, they know Bogish, but that was one thing. He goes, when you told me Mraz wasn't coming, they were actually crushed. And I was like, really? And he goes, you got to realize, DA, you're on the radio, but he's a celebrity. And so I think that, you know, people think when you show up, you're this larger-than-life goon. I don't even know how to respond to that. I'm not a celebrity. I I have no ego that thinks that whatsoever. I guess it's just my personality. People, I'm mythical. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, clearly, I, I, your old listeners are welcome to my parents' house every May. I mean, I don't think a Kardashian is doing that. You go sleep on my mom's bed. Dan did it. No, I think maybe it's less of, is he for real or a celebrity and more, is it an, is it an act or is it, you know, is he always cartoonish like that? And that's, I think, hmm. something that I don't think people would think that if they met you in person. I would hope not. I'm going to be very self-conscious the next group of people I meet. <laughs> wonder what they're thinking. Oh, wow, he's not spitting up all over himself. <laughs> uh, well, next year, we don't have the date yet of Giants at Bills, but... I'd like to make it happen. I mean, why not? Uh, I think it has to happen. The only you know, thing... I could really it... spin it to a one-giant turd, double... Uh, okay. Company might really get behind that. Okay, we're basically sending two things there, maybe. I don't know. What you need is you need the Giants to make the playoffs and you need the Bills to win a Super Bowl. That way, this feels like a big, big game next Dable's week. Dable's return. Dable's return! I didn't even think of that angle. You need that hook for the company to be like, no, we need Mraz up This there. is a big one. Yeah. And what you don't need is early September. Uh, because then it gets like, are the are kids still in school? Right. Are you going to get caught up with like a Labor Day situation? October. I guess not Labor Day. Yeah, you need an October or an early November. Yeah, why even not? late September is okay. Of course, we clear. I'm not clear. I'm pushing my luck in late November. I mean, no. look what's happening here this week. We have hit the cliff. <laughs> Do not plan on a Bills game after November 10th. No chance. All right, so let's circle. Let's circle the wagons, as they say. Yeah, and and you hope it's not a Thursday nighter. You know what? Wouldn't be the worst either. No, you think you could do it and then wake up the next day and do the show? I know I could wake up. Now, I would probably need a nap afterwards, but that might make for a better tailgate if you had a Thursday nighter. All-day tailgate. All day. Because, listen, Bills fans, they're not showing up at 7 o'clock walking. You know they'll be tailgating. Uh, And look, a Giants win. Maybe I'll go through a table on fire. Who knows? (laughs) By the way, how about Pat Boyle having gone through a table? I love this. This is the other part of this when Pat was in on Tuesday, and he stepped right up. He goes, you want me in Buffalo to go through a table? Go through a table. I like it because it feels like I can retire a lot of the things that would have been <laughs> called upon for me to do. <laughs> Pat is so willing to do so much of the stuff that three years ago, I even if I wasn't willing to be done, it would be like, yeah, Mraz, go out there and do it. I love this. He's already gone through a table. He's willing to do it again. Pat is perfect. Like, I could be a platoon player with him. You know, whatever we need for some of the ridiculous things, I know he's more than capable. It's the young guy that's coming in and taking some reps from you, and you're totally fine with it. Yeah, I'll tour you along, young man. (laughs) Absolutely. Put your body in danger. I've done enough. Pat Boyle does one show a month, and then we just talk about going to Buffalo. He's like, I will pay my own way to go go on that trip with you, and I will go through a table. We're like, you want to pay to go through a table? Okay, God bless. Somebody's got to be the first one to kick through the door. <laughs> Let him be it. And he went to a Notre Dame tailgate last year, and then he yeah. showed the video. Nobody's waiting for it. Nobody's cheering him on. It's so perfect. He walks up and just, like, dives onto it and gets up and just keeps walking. There are two girls in the video, and they're basically, like, one girl's grabbing the phone out of the pocket. playing It's like Pat doesn't exist. <laughs> it's almost like they put a hologram of Pat that dashes in and jumps on the table. It's so perfect. And how about when I was like, yeah, and the – one of the top five moments was when some dudes in line next to me were doing smelling salts, and Pat's like, I've done that. Yeah, <laughs> recreationally. <laughs> <laughs> you turn my athletic days, but not on the court. And then I'm like, uh, I was like, yeah, and I, then I did it. And Pat's like, yeah, starts pumping his fist. I mean, he's a wild card. He you don't know what kind of life. I mean, he really is like Ed TV. If you had a camera phone around <laughs> Pat Boyle, you'd be like amazed at the life he lives. 
And what are we going to do if Dixieland Dan is right and that Gelba's just doesn't live up to the the potential Pat Boyle fireworks? I mean, Boyle's a Boyle's intense. Boyle's a wild card. Boyle's a must see TV kind of guy. Yeah, but what do you mean doesn't live up to fire? I think we've been. I think Gelb's done a good job. Gelb's made us laugh. Yeah, I do too. But it doesn't have to be the same fire and intent. You know, there's different strands of comedy. The Office is not the same as Billy Madison. We both laugh at them. Right. I don't know. I, I'm off the Dixieland Dan hating on Gelb. I can't believe I'm even defending Gelb in this, but I think it's a good bit. Now, if Pat Boyle beats Gelb in these picks he's got going on, uh, well, then you'll get your wish, right? I mean, you'll right. have it next year. So I think, right? That's what we yep. said. Yeah. So, do you think Dan's been unfair to Boyle? I'm sorry, unfair to Gelb? Yes, I do. You know what? I think, and it might be partially our fault because there have been times where we've built Gelb to be a villain of me, the storyline writers here on the DA show, where I think that, much like wrestling, the Bellatis of the world, they pick a side, right? If you're a fan of me, maybe you hate Gelb. And then maybe I'm not doing right by my fan bases of Dixieland Dan by liking Gelb. I don't know. But I think people have gotten spun up too crazy, and Gelb has turned people up, but that might be our own fault. Dixieland Dan is an intense guy, you find out, and that when he is on something, he is not moving off it, and he can be pretty ruthless. Oh, yeah. He's been ruthless to me as well on Twitter a couple of times of, like, something that he thought I'd made a mistake doing or something. And I think he, when we decided on Gelb over Boyle, he didn't like the decision, and every week he's confirming his hatred of the segment and just berating Gelb. As we laugh at the segment every week. Every yeah. week I feel more confirmation that we made the right call, and he's looking at every week feeling like more confirmation we made the wrong call. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy. I know. And I wonder, you watch Twitch during the show. Do you get a sense that people don't like the Gelb segment, or is it just a vocal Dixieland Dan minority? No, I, I get the feeling that it's weird because I'm the, the the pick segment specifically. I'm really focused on the air. I'm paying less attention to that, but I do see some of the stuff afterwards. I think it's kind of split. I think a lot of people like it, but that's also what you're looking for. I think too much of in favor of one thing isn't necessarily the makings of what you want on a show either. But I, I think there's definitely a couple going. Oh, I can't stand Gail, but there's definitely a lot going. That was really funny. Hmm. So I think it's a perfect blend. Okay. Yeah, I really you know yeah. Just calm down, man. We love you. Just calm down. <laughs> <laughs> What's coming up on side B? So side B, we get into the Pete the Body mystery on what is going to be our poll question all week long here. The 12 DAs and Pete not <laughs> really slamming the table down about the process and not wanting the oopsie in the 12 DAs. So we get inside psychologically with Pete. Me and Bogus discuss it next. I think as I lean into this microphone. Yeah, this is really awkward. <clears throat> I think Pete really, really loves the Fat Journal. <laughs> and I think you pooping your pants is such an example of what he considers a cheap laugh that even though it was really funny and he was laughing out loud, he wants to honor what he considers a smarter, more clever, more going above and beyond type of laugh I don't think that that's not true like I think that's pretty spot on uh there is I I this we debate the 12 DAs every year this debate specifically <laughs> because of the ramifications of what's going on in Pete's brain and the other stuff I I like it because it's like figuring out a show before it ends figuring out the ending and I figured out Pete's ending here <laughs> which makes me feel really good but I think that's part of the element that you're adding to it but knives it, out it, yeah it <laughs> It only just further adds to the just the ridiculousness and the Pete Luigi thing. It all comes to the surface in this moment. And I'm going to pose a question on side B that I want you to listen to. And I'm not going to say it now because I don't want to spoil it to Bogish. And I think we all know the answer to this question. And it really, I think, is the defining turn on what we should decide with this 12 DA okay. candidate. This has a lot in it. And. <laughs> Let me tell you, the 12 DAs has a certain resonance because when I was at in Buffalo and we had the DA Lean meet and greet, one of the questions was, so tell me how the crow really tasted. Now, this is five years ago about... I like that Kenny, out of a listenership, yeah. Kenny Brock eating the crow. And I was like, well, to be honest, 
The texture was the worst part. It didn't taste terrible, but it was slimy and dark and weird. And that was the worst part. But there's a lot in this, and I don't think we'll ever forget how in 2022 there was a massive debate of what was eligible and what wasn't because one of the options, one of the candidates, it was personal. Yeah. That's what's different about this. It's a personal thing. Personal. And, and I would just... ownership of one or two of them. Ownership. And none of us have ever owned right. emotionally one of the moments. It's just been a ranking. And I'm just going to leave you with this because I will talk about both. You don't have to expand upon it much more. But the idea that Pete said, quote, we need to start the whole process over again. <laughs> as if it's churning butter. As if it's building something in a factory. I mean, really, we wrote 25 things down out of looking at a list of 47. We didn't exactly, you know, tank for three years to get him beat. And as you said, we have 25 finalists right now. Let's just make it 26. Right. <laughs> That's the process. That's it. We all can agree we probably would have voted in our top 25. So you don't have to vote something out of the 25. Just 25 is just a made-up number. There's no reason it can't be 26. Pete protecting the sanctity of the vote. This is amazing. Of fake rules. <laughs> and, uh, and also... Trying to make it, A, as complicated as possible so that we don't do it, and also, B, push it off long enough hoping something will be better than that. Yes! <laughs> it's it's outrageous. But I think you will enjoy side because I really think I, I figured it out on my drive into work today. A question that, if everybody answers unanimously, tells you the answer of all we need to know. Before we let, before we let the listeners move into side B, I just want to give you my wing rankings, okay? Okay. I had two A grades out of the four places I went. Two A's. Gabriel's Gate, place that you suggested that I go, where we had the D-Alien meetup. Small but great. And I had the traditional hot wings. You don't call them buffalo up there. You right. call them hot wings. And Bar Bill. And at Bar Bill, I didn't do the traditional. I did what Gelb told me to get, which was honey Cajun barbecue. Both were equally delicious for different reasons. I thought the honey Cajun barbecue was so delicious. The taste was just, it popped in your mouth. It was sweet, but it was spicy. It was great. It was fried perfectly, so it was crispy, but inside it was perfectly white. Uh, Enough sauce. Delicious. Slightly smaller than the Gabriel's Gate Wing, and I like the size and the meatiness, the girth oh, of the Gabriel's Gate Wings. Good girth. But the Gabriel's Gate Wings, out of all the buffalo hot wings that I had, those were the best. So they both got A. The only reason that I wouldn't give Gabriel's Gate an A+, plus was because the sauce, I thought I could only have so many of them. It was going to be a little too sharp to eat too many of them. Right. And Barbell, probably the wings were a little too small, but delicious duff's classic wings which is one of the originators of it was a b it was good by any other city standards that would probably be one of your best wing places in town i thought it paled in comparison to the other two thought it was good not great but again hurt by the depth of the city of great wings yeah i know you didn't go there personally i prefer anchor bar over duff's okay then, fourthly, we went to J.P. Fitzgerald's, I believe it was called. P.J. Fitzgerald's. By the stadium. By the stadium. Very, very good. I gave that a B plus, I believe. Again, classic wings. Very good. Um, I also got something called Montana style, which was a little crispy, a little barbecue but also hot, and I thought those were very good. It reminded me of Kansas City Barbecue, where, you know what, there's 10 places that have elite wings. It's just like not one place that's awesome. But something that you said that I took to heart, the blue cheese. A lot of places there have homemade blue cheese. It can make or break the whole place. And I've never had a hard line on blue cheese or ranch with my wings. Right. Whatever comes out, I just have. The blue cheese at these places were elite. Mm -hmm. It was not really thick like some other blue cheese places. Or, like, maybe you get here in New York or other places. It was smooth. It was rich. There was actually chunks of actual blue cheese yeah. in it. Some good ones have some good texture to them. Yep. Yes. And I was like, whoa, this is mind-blowing. Because I think I've always just had 
factory unsealed. Right. Standard, boom, they put it in a cup and put it out there. Blue cheese right. that they squirt out. And I was like, wow, that really takes wings and gives it a different life to it. Right. Your wing could be good to very good, but could become great if you have really great blue cheese. It's hard to remake and recraft great ranch, which is the big debate. Blue cheese, if done right, I mean, nothing better with a wing. And you can have two different experiences. Yeah. Wing without blue cheese, you're getting the hot, you're getting the sauce. You add the blue cheese, and then you give it like a coating, which is like it's a cooling coating. It's a sharper. I'm like, whoa, this is a a different experience. And Bar Bill's blue cheese was the best blue cheese I've ever had. Yeah, there's a couple places like that. It's starting to make its way. And there are a couple places in Long Island that do their own blue cheese, but I think it changes things. But I noticed that up in Buffalo, I think that's a major difference maker. Really, I'm I'm just like, my heart's fluttering now. I'm getting really hungry picturing this and starving. And honestly, I ate wings at four different meals, four different places. Uh, but everywhere I looked, there were wings, even when we didn't eat wings. And now I just want wings all the time. I This is today's a Wednesday morning. I had leftover wings Tuesday for lunch that I brought oh. back from Monday's lunch. Today, I'm, I woke up and I texted the guys that were on the trip. I'm like, I feel like eating wings again today. I mean, once you have great, great you're wings, in you're in a groove and you don't want to stop that momentum. Well, I know what I'm doing in the next three days. Like, there's not <laughs> even a thought. I'm not going to be able to block it out. So I'm just going to give in and I'll find my wings over the next couple of days. Okay. That side A was elongated but necessary. Here is side B. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. How to do-do-do and a ho-ho-ho. Ho-ho-ho. Merry 12 DAs countdown to you. It is Mraz. It's Andrew Bogus here on Side B. 
The bogeyman with a winter sweater on today. How are you, sir? Yeah, I've got a winter sweater, and you have, like, half a hunting shirt. And, and whoa, I, I just noticed it's, like, three-quarters length under, uh, yeah. longer underneath. What's happening it's right a, now? It's an atrocious look. It so, really is. So what happened, uh, I mean, nobody really cares about my wardrobe. I'll just tell you that I, I worked a second shift on Tuesday for BetQL. Okay. I got done. I am currently without heat in my house. The heat broke. Oh. Another just, I mean, just keep adding to the pile. Maybe the circles come back the bad bad luck. Okay. So it was a real chilly night. But in the process of trying to handle that, I couldn't get somebody to the house. I actually had a plan for a button-down shirt, and I didn't want to go hoodie. And then things were wrinkled when I woke up this morning. I thought it wasn't wrinkled, so right. I threw on a weird sh- Elmer Fudd-like operation. It is what it is, man. I Look, I'm not winning any fashion contests here anytime soon. When did you notice your heat was out? I've had this problem. So I didn't until my wife told me, because I have a separate heating duct in my bedroom, and a separate one next to where I work downstairs. So the main, like, vents of the house where my kids' bedrooms are and all of that. So, but you only have one machine that makes the hot air? One machine, but then I have, like, a couple ductless units in, like, like extensions. Oh, okay, so they are separate. Yes, I have two separate, but for, like, the whole base house, including my kids' bedrooms. Right. Like, that's a central air slash heat. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, neither here nor there. Gotcha. It was chaotic, and I ended up in a hunting Might show. be an easy fix. And Mine was. I... I think it might be a igniter thing. I'm watching yeah, YouTube exactly. videos. Okay. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. Mr. Fix. You're welcome. I've dealt with a sinkhole. I'll be fine with some heat. Probably. All right. 12 DAs. We are not into the official countdown. Clearly, we've only whittled this down to 25, potentially 26. The reason we're even talking about this ahead of Thanksgiving is last week I had an accident in my pants <laughs> that went viral. Yes, I kept to keep uttering that. In the midst of this... There, of course, because there's got to be a debate about the debate, which is the 12 DAs. Where does the 12 DA fall? I will tell you that immediately when it went viral and people were tweeting me, oh, wow, last second 12 DA, the thought actually didn't cross my mind that it should be for the following year to me. All right, well, I mean, yeah, this is before Thanksgiving, so this counts for this year. We haven't actually voted on our 12 DAs, so it's not a real shakeup. And yet it was met with resistance by our own Pete the Body Bilotti, who keeps saying, you have to, it's just saying words like you have to start the whole process over again. Right. So just right. for everybody knows, the process has been that we had 47 candidates. And for the first time ever, because we had so many, DA had the idea of, hey, why doesn't everybody just not number them, just give your 25. I will tally 25, and whoever, you know, collectively has the 25 most votes. Yeah. We will vote 12 off of that. That's not a real process. It was just something to simplify But things. it's a process. It's like the NFL. They go from like right. 125 to 75 to but 15 to Hall of Famers. But the point is when this happens on basically the day after we do this, right. we have not voted our 12. We have not voted our first four out. That is the real process. If we all agree that we think this is a moment worthy enough of being in the top 25, this at least... All you have to do, 25 is just a, a made-up number. Right. You could have 26. Pete is acting like we've really chiseled, like, oh, now I have to really rethink about it. No, you don't. You just yeah. add it in, and then you vote from 26. Right. We don't need a constitutional amendment to figure this out. Um, so, you're, I mean, basically your thoughts here on Pete, yeah. is Pete more confusing this thing? Well, I mean, yes, of course he is, because, again, I love Pete, but there are times where he he starts with a good thought and a good premise, but then his, like, supporting argument is odd and like hard to follow sometimes and hard to agree with him. And I wasn't here Monday, so I didn't hear the entirety of, we of these debates. Yeah, we didn't do much of it. It was some in the last hour of the show. Right. So I, I don't I can't like quote anybody's argument in this in this thing. All I can say is what I said on the show on Tuesday is that I kind of go back and forth on where we're going. Now, I I don't think that including it throws off the process or compromise anything. It, just, it is an easy fix. You put it in there. Now we're thinking about 26. We re-rank it. No big deal. Somebody then gets pushed out. It's going to be it's going to be a 12 DA. So somebody's right. going to lose their spot. But I'm not going to... Who cares about number 12 becomes number 13? Well, right. No big and, deal. And we've had all these debates about comparing it to Spears. But there was something I thought of after Tuesday's show. Because we're taping this on Wednesday. That I had not brought up on the air. And it sounds weird because I'm not fighting for me going in my pants to be on the 12 DAs. No. I'm just simply acknowledging as the uh, professor of the 12 DA countdowns and the process that goes into it. Right. Guys, if everybody thinks that this was a worthy moment and TMZ picked it up, it's still very early where none of you have submitted 12 or 16 to me. We could very easily include it. It is not splitting the atom here. And going and playing something 13 months later, what if there are four other things? I, I, I don't want to. 
make the 12 DAs about, well, I don't want to hurt the integrity of something we already thought was number one and then make sure we already have a number one or something like that for next year. Like, that's just silly. It happened this year. Compare it to what it's up against this year. But I gave you the theory about Pete protecting John Sterling and Tiki Barber's fat shoulders because he, that was Pete's pet project, right? He would book them. He loved that. And they were home runs. And it's so obvious his his language around the Sterling thing. Well, remember, there were other things that went far. He said all of this stuff. Yeah. If the roles were reversed, and in March, I had made my made in my pants, and I'd gone, I had made TMZ and everything like that, and people got a good chuckle out of it. We talked about it all year. And the Fat Journal was continuing now ahead of Thanksgiving, and he found John Sterling and now. delivered that now. Right. Would Pete's attitude about the about it be the same, or would he be pushing for it to be included? Uh, that's a really good question. My My guess is he would... Calmly, quietly, okay it to be in the included. I don't think he would be banging the table. I don't think he would argue hard. I think he would really want it to be in. Right. But I think he would try to be delicate with getting it included. Right. So, yes. So the reverse would be true where, again, now he's trying to get himself at the top of the list as opposed to trying to protect what he thinks is at the top of the list. And it's just so funny because somehow, if you're not number one, this becomes a slight. Like, we had a great year of fun moments. I mean, the list we saw was crazy to get whittled down. Yeah. You know, if you're number 10 on the list, it's an unbelievable honor. Right. Nobody's going to—it's almost like Pete because he's in the Hall of Fame of his college radio station wants to walk away and go, hey— 2022, number one, 12 DA. Doesn't happen without me. Sure. Now, you get nothing from being number one. It carries, you know, it's not. It just gets played on December 23rd. Right. But I will say, I guess in Pete's defense, as we were going through every, or I was going through everything, I did wish that there was more of me in there. Like, I wish that I had been involved in more of the things. Now, Oh, see, I think you're involved in a lot of them. Well, the pirate one with, with the Titans and the Giants... And then you and I, with the fight on air and off air about the right. monkeys, like but those a are the, of, a lot of the other moments. Some of your zingers are within conversations, even yeah. if you're not the headline. But right, but that's the thing. Like, there none of them necessarily circle around me. Like those two, at least, I think have a chance of being in. Bro, you can go in your pants. I I, don't I can't. Wanna, I don't want to be the guy that does that. But speaking of that, so Monday night, I was part of a like college night at a high school here in Manhattan, and. There was, like, a panel of us. It was me, a lady who runs, like, a podcast company, a woman that works in data and analytics, and then two accomplished writers. Now, when you, you've done this, you went back to your high school. Yeah. When you're the sports guy, the radio guy, you, you kind of become already, you're usually, like, the least serious of the bunch. Yeah, you're the cool, fun guy, but right. not to be taken seriously. So everyone's going around the room. What's your name? Where do you work? And everyone's got these great, like, fancy resumes. And I'm sitting there going, do I mention the fact that last week you might have seen on TMZ, the fa- you know, the guy that wet in his pants on the radio? Like, that's you where— You were going to use that? I didn't because I didn't want to bring down the— The, the room? The, the room, well, the professionalism of the room and the maturity of the room. So I decided not to. But, like, is that now our new calling card? Like, do I go, yeah, that's our— sh-. Like, if we're introducing, explaining our show to somebody, do we go, uh, do you remember when the guy went in his pants during a radio show? Jeez. Like, that was that was us. That was me. Oh, that was, yeah, 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 that, that yeah, show. That, that was show. you. You guys, you know him? Yeah, I mean, again, I would prefer the moment got buried. And, and for the record, <clears> because I heard, somebody tweeted me at the show, she goes, just because you did it, you want it to be number one. Uh, no, pal. I walked away from that show, the actually embarrassed for the first time. Now I've embraced it since. Yeah. Second of all, I didn't clip it out for Instagram or tweet it out, right? Or any of that. I didn't. I, it was only until awfully unexpected that I even acknowledged that it happened on Twitter. So get lost with that, right? Thing. And P.S. To go back to the original premise of this, I actually think, and maybe I'm the only one. I think it's a fascinating debate. Everyone's everyone's having the same thought. It's your pants versus Sterling. Like, that, to me, those are the two favorites. And I actually think that there's not a wrong choice in there. I don't think that you going in your pants is the runaway number one. I, I agree with that. Like, I don't think that Pete necessarily is going to lose his spot. That's the crux of the whole thing, Bogus. Yeah. It doesn't mean that that's number one. It just means, let's see what everybody thinks when voting. It. Right, because it was, I mean, it's preposterous. But, like, the real the real thing is how is it going viral. And, like, right. to me, like, I when I'm voting, I value 
the way it sounds. Like, I right. value the actual clip. How it happened on the show, right. not the ramifications. Right, because the, the best part of your story is that it was printed in the New York Post, and it was at TMZ, right. and it was at all these different places. Like, I'm still, I'm a little shocked that it didn't make Good Morning America or Jimmy Fallon, like, because it's that ridiculous. And it was that, it got that into the mainstream that somebody somewhere attached to one of those shows right. had to see it and pitch it in a meeting and maybe it got shot down. But yeah. I, that was my next, I was waiting for it, for you to be on TV telling somebody, whether it was Michael Strahan or Jimmy Fallon, how you wet yourself. Yeah, great. Well, yeah. all I know is we have, if this is already starting, the next month is going to be. Yeah. Have we decided, by the way, like when, like if something happens today, is that being counted or we have officially closed the door on right, submissions? So the, 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 the list was always Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, now, that being said, I would like everything submitted to me the Tuesday before Thanksgiving is what I said. Right. So let's call it Thanksgiving week. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, I so mean, maybe some... this Friday is the last real day. Well, right. I mean, yeah, more or less. Right. So there you have it. All right, Bogues, we're going to follow you on Twitter. Uh, at Andrew Bogish. Follow me at Baraz CBS. Have a great week, everyone. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.